Rough greens. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, that may be, but sometimes you can make them happier and healthier. And that's what happened to my dog, Uno, when we started feeding him rough greens. First of all, pickiest eater ever. Had to hand feed the dog. It was like, yeah, uh, excuse me, uh, sir, it's time for your meal. You can eat it right out of my hand because that's the only way you'll eat it. Uh, and it was, yeah, okay, eat your food. And, uh, and he would never gain any weight or anything. We put rough greens on his food. I just wanted him to eat, and he did. It, they love it. And it also is really good for him. And vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, all the stuff that's good for you that you'll, your wife is always like, eat your greens. And you're like, oh, I don't eat my greens. Well, this is rough greens, except they're greens you just sprinkle on, and it's easy, and you like it. Try it out with your dog. You'll see what I mean. They'll like it, and you'll see. I, I At least I did. Stu did. Pat did. Huge difference in your dog. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. 833-GLEN-33. Get your free trial pack now. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Today is a special, different show. We'll be back to regular programming tomorrow, but today is a day that we learn what really can save America. I don't know about you, but the last few weeks have just been brutal on me. It's like every day the news comes out and you're like, oh, well, that's good. That happened. And you start to get to the place where you like have no hope. Too late. Did you see what Newsweek printed yesterday? Newsweek printed the DOJ is making a list of all of the Donald Trump supporters because they're saying they're going to be the ones that cause violence in the next 12 months. And they're trying to figure out this is in Newsweek and they're trying to figure out how do we how do we how do we name these people without saying that we're just targeting people who are voting for one particular candidate. You don't because in America we don't make those kinds of lists, dummies. And so you hear this and you're like, how are you? What are you? I mean, how's that going? What, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm trying to pay the bills. They're targeting. What do, I, what do I do? Today, 
We have a real answer. We begin in 60 seconds. First, out of the terrible tragedy of 9-11 came the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which is committed to helping our nation's heroes and their families in their darkest hours. Tunnel to Towers is there to support families and first responders and veterans. And when they don't come home or they're severely injured in the line of duty, the foundation will pay off their mortgage and lift their financial burdens through their Gold Star Family Home Program and their Fallen First Report, uh, Responder Program. Their Smart Home Program, catastrophically injured veterans, first responders, they can get their independence back with a mortgage-free home that is especially adapted just to meet their unique physical needs. And their Homeless Veteran Program, you know we have 35,000 veterans that are currently living on the street. It is. It's reprehensible. But if we want the government to do less, it means we should do more. And these people, they guard 95% of every dollar goes right directly to help these guys. It's a great charity. I want you to check it out for yourself. But I really like the Tunnel to Towers people and their cause and the way they run things. T2T.org. T, the number two T, dot org. Okay, uh, today we're going to talk about something called the covenant, um, because in 40 days we are going to do another special show. It will be right before Thanksgiving, and our pilgrims made a covenant. Our, our uh, founders made a covenant. Our General George Washington, as he became president on that first day, he prayed for hours in lower Manhattan after he took the oath of office and he made a covenant. Abraham Lincoln made one after Gettysburg. We are a covenant nation and there's all kinds of uh, different covenants that you can read about. But this one is very, very specific. And I'm sorry, but I, I'm out of I can give you a lot of small answers. Hey, go out and vote. And that's really important because if we don't go out and vote, we, we we're I mean. Go out and monitor your voting uh, spaces because I do think uh, something fishy. You got to do all of those things, but those are the small things. We've forgotten the principles, the bedrock. Those things are the ones that we really have to work on if we want to save ourselves and save our families and save our country. Michaela is a. Um, how long have you worked for me, Michaela? Almost two years. Wow. Is that right? Um, I think, yeah. I think it is. I yeah. think it is. Michaela is uh, kind of a special programming producer at times. I assign her with, she's the happiest person I've ever met. She's also one of the most deeply spiritual people I've ever met. And she's always in our meetings when we're talking about death and destruction. And she's like, and she'll wear like a, no, I was going to say a rainbow shirt, but not like that, like a <laughs> Noah rainbow shirt. And she'd be like, but hey, we still have each other. And you're like, shut up, Michaela. <laughs> anyway, so I assigned this to you, I don't know how long ago, uh, a couple of months ago Maybe. at least. And, um, and so explain what a covenant is, because there's, give me the historic, there's like four historic covenants, yes. right? So a covenant is it sounds like this big biblical spiritual word but it's not in the past people are making covenants all the time it's just simply a pact or a treaty between two parties with mutual expectations so you and i could make a covenant right now over something 
mm-hmm. over anything. Two tribes could make a covenant. Kings could make a covenant. But in the Bible, which as you said, I'm pretty obsessed with, in the Bible, God makes covenants with his people. So those are very special, much more serious covenants. Yeah, because we live in a, in a place, you make a marriage covenant. Yes. Okay. Uh, and we're like, well, I just get out of that. No, no consequence. <laughs> Um, I mean, there are all kinds of natural consequences, especially if you have children. Um, But this is different. A covenant with God Mm -hmm. is one that kind of has some serious consequences. It's eternal. It's not it's not a pinky promise. (laughs) He's got a mighty big pinky. (laughs) Right. You don't Uh, want to try to get out of this. Okay, so give me the historic ones from the Bible. So in the Bible, you don't make a covenant. You don't seal a covenant. The word in Hebrew is you cut a covenant so like you cut a deal the same kind okay. of phrasing right. because of this kind of spooky ancient ritual where you would take an animal kill it cut up its parts divide them into a kind of pathway and the two people making the covenant would walk down the path together that's how they'd ratify the covenant i would just like to say <laughs> that's how i anybody got who this thinks job, they think. have it bad <laughs> you're living at a time we don't do that no we pinky promise yeah yeah i mean hey Bring your dog over, too. I got a deal to make with you. <laughs> Holy cow. So that gives you an idea of the gravity of it. There was this kind of bloody, costly process. So you didn't just trivially make promises with people. Yeah, and you I didn't think, trivially make promises yeah, yeah. with God. God actually even uses that ritual in the Bible, in this passage with Abraham that seems so spooky. But when you understand at the time, everyone was making covenants. Because he, he made one when Abraham was asleep. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So the Abrahamic covenant is called an unconditional covenant, which means that God makes it with himself and you're the beneficiary of it. I love that kind of covenant. Yeah, that's the kind we I'm all want. I'm open for that. Yes. I'm open. There's a few of those. The one with yeah. Noah's like that, which is we're never going to flood the earth again, no right. matter how bad we are. Because if not, you can imagine we'd have a flood again by now for sure. <laughs> There'd be a couple yeah. floods. But luckily, yeah. there's not any because God promised there's not going to be any. Same with Abraham. He puts Abraham to sleep and he sends this flaming cauldron and this torch through the animal parts instead of Abraham. And that sounds so spooky in Harry Potter-like, right? But it's actually <laughs> not. It is, and it is a little Harry Potter-esque. Yeah, but yeah. what it is is a visual representation of the fact that Abraham's just a beneficiary of this covenant. He's not even walking through it. Abraham's passed out, right? Mm-hmm. And what you, what you learn in, in those is that God is faithful. What makes, I, I know you said I'm so dorky about this, Glenn, but what makes covenants cool to me, and that, wow, <laughs> you don't expect that sentence see, to come out of your mouth. Yeah, see? No, it's just, you were talking about this, Glenn. Well, I believe God is real. And that's what makes me wake up every morning is because I believe that God's real. And I believe that God wants all of us to be doing his will, that he has a plan. All of us have a purpose in this life. I really believe that. And, And I think if we do that, that life will be better. And I don't mean just like superficially better. I mean that life will be more meaningful. I have to tell you, I, uh, I've learned so much in my life, and one is what's important. Yeah. And I remember I was in my twenties, and I was very wealthy, and uh, you know, I didn't, I did not grow up wealthy. I just got into radio when I was very young, and then I was, you know, somewhat successful. And so in the nineteen eighties, you know, I was making lots of money, and most of it went to cocaine, um, but. <laughs> I became my job. I became my car. Mm. I became those things. And I remember I lost my job. And the last thing to go was my car was repossessed. And I cried. 
I cried as that thing was going away. And now I have nice things, but if it all goes away, I don't really, it's okay. It's all right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have, but it's not, that's not yeah. where my happiness is. I was never addicted to cocaine, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was addicted to oh, cocaine. I'm sorry. I, I've, I'm not, I've never yeah. been a cocaine user, Yes, but I think I told you this, Glenn, <laughs> when I, I interviewed that I had a period of time in my life, I was really sick. And that's when I had a similar, I think, to how your addiction, I felt like I hit a kind of rock bottom being very ill for over a couple of years. And that's yeah. when I was like, you know what? I have to have God. I have to have him. And that's what's turned me into this really happy person. It wasn't, everybody thinks I just was like born. Super. I have a feeling you have a little of that in you. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I got sick for a while and God was there the whole time when I, I could have been mourning about something physical in my body, right? But I had God. And so these these covenants that make me excited is because they don't just teach us about God, but they they teach you what God wants from you. So when we're all walking around, like, what should I do with my life? It's like, look, read it right here. You want a purpose. You want something to do, which we all do. I know we do. You can read it right there. You can read it and find out the purpose of your whole life. So so wait a minute. Wait, let's go back to Abraham. Yeah. Let me just to seal this up here. Yes. So he's this is the only time a story includes a guy who's passed out <laughs> with animal parts all around him and flaming torches. And he doesn't wake up, you know, with the police knocking at the door going, uh, dude. And he's like, I don't know. These animals weren't here when I went to sleep. Uh, so th- it turns out well for him. Mm-hmm. But that's a that is a unconditional. Yes. There are tr- conditionals. And that's the ones that George Washington and yes. our pilgrims and, and um, Abraham Lincoln made. These are the most common. They're if then covenants. Yes. If you obey, you'll be blessed. If you disobey, you'll be cursed. If you drop, if you jump off a cliff, then you'll die. These are the kind <laughs> right. of this. That's is a, a good one. That's a yes. good. I didn't. I haven't read that in my Bible, but that's a good one. Should be in there. Well, so and that's they set up a natural law, like the founders right. talk about that. It, if you if you lie, your life will become extremely complicated. <laughs> yes. Or if you become addicted to something, your life will become complicated. He's yes. he's trying to warn you. God is trying to warn you about the natural consequences, but there yeah. are rules to stay in these kind of covenant so the covenant with moses when the ten commandments come down that's a conditional covenant because god's saying you got to hold on to these principles there every covenant comes with a sign we have the rainbow Mm -hmm. that promises us for the abrahamic covenant variant theme it was circumcision and then the sign of the covenant with moses is obedience so say you go to a town and everyone in the town is a murdering liar except for one guy you know that one guy is in covenant with God and you can tell because you look at him and he's not a murdering liar. Maybe he's honest and he's truthful and he's good and compassionate. All of the fruits of the spirit. That's how you can tell somebody mm-hmm. is in covenant with God, which is the benefit to people who don't believe in God. Would people believe in God if you really practice it out? Because you you will be the one person who has not become dishonest, hopefully, if you hold on to these. Or you're just really good at conning people. That's an alternative Being as well. Like, yeah, I mean, you could try. I think God will figure it out. But yes, uh, he will. <laughs> okay. So, and and it's important when you say, you know, because God's cursed you. It yeah. sounds like witchcraft, and it's not. It's it is natural consequences. It is like, you know, it's like when your your mom or dad said, "Hey, don't touch the stove," and you're like, "Oh yeah." Ow! <laughs> Mom and Dad didn't make you burn yourself. They were just warning you. Don't don't do. It's going to leave a mark. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. 
Okay, more in just a second. Stand by. Um, by the way, we're starting a 40-day, 40-night, um, I don't know, learning program, uh, devotional or education uh, program for the next 40 days, 40 nights, because we're going to ask you uh, just a few days before Thanksgiving to stand together. Stand together as a church, your office, your friends, your family. Stand together with us on the air, and uh, we will make a we will renew the american covenant it has to be done it has to, first things first first principles first and you can find out uh about all of it at glenbeck.com slash first four zero first 40 glenbeck.com american financing nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org it's funny because I, I was just thinking that very thing and i thought I wish I had somebody to say all of those numbers and stuff that are so important to my life. Getting out of debt has always been important, um, but getting it's becoming critical right now. Whatever is coming down the pike at us, it is zero to 60 in 1.3. It is it's coming here fast and you don't want to be saddled with debt when it gets here, especially the credit card debt. You know, your house debt is one thing, but credit card debt, when you're paying 25%, 20% interest, it's crippling. That's why American financing is here. They do home loans and mortgages and everything else, but they're a different kind of company. They work for you. None to be, nobody is on uh, any kind of incentive program. You know, uh, this, uh, this home loan uh, program really kind of sucks, but screw them. We're going to get bonuses. They don't do any of that. And they're saving the average person that calls in about $700 every month. And if you can get that credit card down from uh, 20, 25% down to seven, and you make it all tax deductible, the savings really go a long way. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. So I want to bring in uh, Bill Cloud. Who's Bill Cloud? I know he's been on the program, but you are you love Bill. Yes, I am a major fan. Bill Cloud is the founder of Shoreshim Ministries, and he's the leader of Jacob's Tent Fellowship in Tennessee. Bill, welcome back to the program. Been a long time. It has been a little while, but yeah. thank you, Glenn. You bet. So, um, Bill, let's let's talk about the covenant, and if we can put it into perspective of why. It's important today in America for Americans to do this. Do you think you could you could explain that? Well, um, kind of go back to something Michaela said earlier. You know, when there's these different covenants that people make with one another, but in the Bible, you know, it's it's a lot heavier than that. And I want to go back to the idea of the the cutting because blood is involved. You know, when you have a covenant in the Bible, almost always you're going to see blood. And the importance of that is because life is in blood. And so, biblically speaking, when you make a covenant with God, or when God makes a covenant with you, it's, it's basically saying your lives are intertwined with one another. And so, in a national context, if we believe that we as a nation are in covenant with God, then our national life is dependent on that relationship with God. And so it's not a good thing when we say we, we don't want God in school, we don't want God in this, we don't want God in the town square. 
um, that's going to have a, uh, a very, you know, uh, there's, there's going to be consequences of that. And so Americans need to be reawakened to, you know, we just don't use God when we want him and then throw him out when we don't need him or we don't think we need him. You know, this is an everyday thing, and our lives are intertwined with this relationship we have with God. So it's, you know, that's a very basic idea, I guess. But when we tell God we don't want him, there is this risk that he's going to say, okay, you're going to turn away from me. I'll turn away from you. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we know how, well, for those of us who are a little older maybe and remember America as, as she was, we have been greatly, greatly blessed. We're still blessed um, to even be standing at this point. Um, and it feels as though lately that uh, evil is just permeating everything. It's not that we've just said, hey, we're not interested in you. We're actually doing things now uh, as a slap in his face, I think. Yes. Yeah, it's it's like poking him in the eye and saying, I dare you to do anything. Um, and there is a, a lot of history in the Bible where Israel, who was in covenant with God, by the way, my opinion, there are two unique nations in the history of the world. Yes. Israel. Because God made a covenant. He asked Israel to enter into covenant with him. The other being the United States of America. Because we ask him to enter into covenant with us. And you, you've already mentioned several people in American history who you know, reaffirmed that. And, and by the way, in, in Hebrew, the name for the United States is Artsot Habrit, which means the land of the covenant. So there's all these things that kind of underscore the idea that America is unique in that we are in covenant with the God of the Bible. And so then when we break that covenant, when we, if we decide nationally to turn our backs to him, then there is the risk that he turns his face from us, removes his presence from us, and then that allows another presence, one that wants to steal, wants to yeah. kill, wants to destroy. And that's what I believe, Glenn, we're seeing beginning. You know, well, oh, yeah. it's, been, it's been going on for a while, but now it's, you know, it's really gaining traction. Yeah. And uh, we're at a tipping point, it seems. Um, all right. Hang on just a second, uh, Bill. Bill Cloud joins us. Um, we're going to continue our conversation here in, in just a minute. Uh, by the way, I've asked Congress to pass the same covenant with that Abraham Lincoln passed in the 1850s no one no one would take it to the floor no one would take it to the floor that's how off the path we are the glenn back program all righty have you fed your dog yet today how did he or she like it how much nutritional value was in that or is it like is it like you know fruit loops if you're giving your dog uh, kibble food, it's worse than Fruit Loops. Uh, it's it doesn't have a lot of the stuff in it that your dog needs because they cook it all out. They have to sterilize it so it can sit on a shelf for two years, um, and so they you know they do spray on the flavor afterwards. So maybe your dog loves it, but it's missing you know all of the healthy things that your dog needs: the probiotics, which are alive. All of these things. The vitamins and minerals, you can get them now by sprinkling them on the, your dog's food, whatever you're feeding them, 
with Rough Greens. It's really, really good for your dog. Folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it that they'll give you a special deal right now. They'll send your first trial bag for free. Just see if your dog likes it. 833-GLENN. 833-GLENN33. 833-GLEN33. Or roughgreens.com. You get the first bag free. Just pay for shipping. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. There you can save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. America has always fought itself. Are we from Jamestown? Are we the pilgrims? Are we from those people that came here from religious persecution or those who came and persecuted people uh, by taking them from Africa or persecuting people here. That has been the great debate. I choose to follow the pilgrim's path. Let me take you back to 1630. It's a group of families. They just finished making a compact or covenant. They're aboard the ship named the Arabella. This is the future Massachusetts Bay Colony. It's right in the distance. And John Winthrop delivers a speech that everybody used to know. He said, thus stands the cause between God and us. We are entered into a covenant with him for this work. We've taken out a commission. The Lord has given us leave to draw our own articles to make our own promises to make our own laws now if the lord shall please to hear us and bring us in peace to the place we desire then he has ratified this covenant and sealed our commission now think of that the survival rate of people coming to the americas was very very low He's saying, we're making this covenant, and if the Lord will hear us and bring us peace so we can just live, then he's ratified his side of the bargain, and he will expect a strict performance of the articles and promises contained in it. But if we shall neglect the observation of these articles and promises, and we dissemble with our God fall into embrace this present world and prosecute our carnal intentions, seeking great things for ourselves and our posterity, the Lord will surely break out in wrath against us and be revenged of such people and make us know the price of the breach of such a covenant. The price of the breach of such a covenant. I know you didn't make a covenant, didn't maybe didn't know, but this is a covenant land and we are deep in the breach. I have Bill Cloud with me and Bill uh, is a Bible scholar. He is a, a teacher, an author. Take me to Samson uh, and the covenant with Samson and why that's important to us. Well, 
before he was born, and this is kind of addressing a point that you just made, before he was born, his mother was visited by an angel. The Lord said, you're going to have a child. And here's his purpose. He's going to begin to deliver Israel from the oppression of their enemies. And, and so the very reason for Samson's existence was to bring relief to oppression. And he was to be born a Nazarite, um, which is a very, uh, there's some very specific uh, components of that vow that was a, a Nazarite would make. But the point here at the beginning is his reason for existence was to, to deliver the people, to bring relief from oppression, and he was born into it. He didn't ask to be a Nazarite. He didn't ask for that. It was something that was decided for him. What is it? What yeah. is a Nazarite? What did you have to? How did you have to live? If you were going to be a Nazarite. Yeah. Well, if you're a Nazarite, you're consecrated. You're set apart. You're kind of above and beyond the rest in in terms of your relationship with God and what He requires of you. And you couldn't, for instance, you couldn't drink wine. You couldn't partake of anything pertaining to the grape. You couldn't touch touch a dead body, a corpse. You'd be rendered oh, unclean. Of course, a Nazarite also could not cut their hair, and that's what probably most people associate with Samson is his strength and the story of Delilah and the hair and everything. But he was expected to live up to the vows of a Nazarite. Of course, there's a lot of examples in the Bible where he wasn't always that good at it. He, yeah, no. He consorted, he consorted with all these strange women. Uh, he's touching dead lions and all these kinds of things, and yet... God's spirit would come upon him, use him to bring deliverance. However, you know, there was a point where he crossed a line, and that's, that's when he allowed Delilah to cut his hair. And how does that relate to us? The hair of a Nazarite was considered sacred. In fact, if, if, if in a normal circumstance, if a Nazarite completed a vow, he would cut his hair and that hair would be burned on the altar. It couldn't be used for anything common because it was considered holy. The word in Hebrew that describes his hair is the same word that describes the crown of the high priest of Israel, mm. the crown that said holy unto the Lord. Same word. So imagine a scenario where the high priest of Israel, who is to be the mediator between God and, and his people, and he's to represent what is set apart and holy, if he were to take that crown and then throw it before pagans and idolaters and let them desecrate it and trample it under feet, in essence, that's what Samson did when he allowed Delilah to, Delilah to cut his hair. So my point would be this, where Samson's concerned, relating it to America there's no doubt in my mind that God raised this nation up for a reason, for a purpose, and I believe it was to bring relief from oppression. The, you know, those people you were just talking about came mm -hmm. to this nation to be delivered, to be free from that oppression, and to found a nation that would represent that relief from oppression. And Winthrop said, if God does this, and he allows us to do that, then we will take that as evidence that he has ratified this covenant. But he has expectations, and we have not always lived up to those expectations. We have failed many times, and yet we, we still stand reasonably strong. But here is where I believe we are at. We're at the risk of taking what is sacred, desecrating it, saying it is you know, of no regard to us, 
and casting it down, so to speak, to be trampled underfoot by people who have no regard for God and the covenant and these kinds of things. And if we ever get to that place, if we cross that line, then what? When Samson woke up, he thought he would just go out like he'd always done, but he didn't realize that the Spirit of God had departed from him, and then he was turned over to his enemies. So so, so hang on just a second. So, Bill, yep. he had, because he had violated many things, and he still kept going. And that's right. kind of like us. We violated many things, and we just kept going. Exactly. Uh, but then that last straw, the sacredness of of who he was, that representation, when he discarded it, cut it, and discarded it, that's when... It wasn't all of a sudden. He just didn't notice it. It wasn't right. because of one thing. It was many. But this was the last straw. So if I understand your parallel correctly, at least this is the way I'm interpreting it. So I don't know. But I'm, I feel like what is sacred is our, our declaration of independence, our, our constitution, and our, our place in the world. And I don't mean that you know, we're supposed to dominate everybody. We're supposed to be a place of refuge um, and, and, and law and order based on the Judeo prince, Judeo-Christian principles that we were founded on. And Absolutely. We're, right? So yeah. as we are saying, this country is nothing but garbage. This, we are cutting our hair. I would agree. I mean, those documents you mentioned— they were based on those principles that we find in the Bible. I mean, Winthrop went on to say in that uh, model of Christian charity that if we don't keep our end of the bargain, to paraphrase, that we will become a byword and a parable. And he's quoting Moses, who was saying to Israel, if you don't uphold your end of the bargain in this covenant with God, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be turned over to your enemies because you considered what was sacred to be... Uh, less than you, you desired other things. You desired, you know, your flesh and your whims and you know whatever it is you wanted. You turned to those things and you cast what was sacred to the ground. So, yes, I believe that if we're not already doing it, we're we're our our head is going down into Delilah's lap, so to speak. Mm. Okay, um, hang on just a sec, Bill. I want to do one more um, segment with you as we talk about the the meaning of the covenant. And, you know, I, I know there'll be people that don't agree with this. This is not, this is not religion. It is scriptural, um, but it's not anybody's faith per se. It's, it's not doctrinal. Um, it is universal and eternal. And we're supposed to take the scriptures and learn from them and see the patterns. And I think that was a pretty eye opening pattern, at least for me. That now is the time. We are running out of time. And if you want to save our country, then we need to change our ways immediately and do not. No. We need to stand for those things that are sacred, not just fight against those things that are evil, but stand for those things that are sacred. This has got to be about action. It has to be about how you live your life and what are you willing to say? What are you willing? Are you willing to stand up for these things? Because if we don't, we cut our hair. 
Taken out of context, that's the weirdest sentence I've ever said. All right. Uh, preborn. Imagine for a moment you had it in your power to undo the worst mistake you've ever made. Would you do it? Of course you would. I mean, some of them, not all of them. This one, I mean, if it, you know the 60% of women who have had an abortion wish they had it all over to do again so they wouldn't do that? So we can't go back in time, but we can help babies be born and we can help the moms who are in crisis. This is what I like about preborn so much. They don't just care about saving the life of the child. What about mom? You know, when you have all of these women, a good portion of whom do not want to get an abortion, they just feel alone. They don't feel like they have any other choice. They don't know what to do. Well, let's start here. A donation of $28 will help a woman make a choice that she won't have to regret for the rest of her life because that $28 will buy an ultrasound so she can see the baby, hear the heartbeat. That doubles the chances that she's going to let the baby live. Just dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or donate securely at preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck, sponsored by Preborn. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, all right, we're uh, we're on with uh, Bill Cloud and and Bill. I can't thank you enough for making time uh, to be with me today. Um, I know you're a, my pleasure. You're a busy man. Um, let me let me take you to Esau because with with uh, Samson, he was born into it and he didn't make the covenant. And I think that's the way most people will feel. I didn't make the covenant, and and so he he cheapened it. He didn't regard it. That's the same with Esau, is it not? It is. It is. In fact, Esau, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's the profile of what a, a covenant breaker looks like. You know, someone who's born into it. You know, his grandfather is Abraham. You guys were talking about it at the very beginning of the program. He's born into this, but he has no regard for it. And so there are a lot of things that he demonstrates, you know, that are the attitude of people. Well, I, I, wouldn't, I didn't ask for this. I don't want this. It really doesn't mean anything to me. The difference, I would say, is that where Samson, when he's delivered over to the very people he's supposed to deliver Israel from, he's blinded, but then he begins to see, you know, and the Spirit of God did come back on him. But Esau, he's different. He digs in his heels. He's obstinate. He's deliberate in his refusal to embrace the covenant. And so he, he becomes Jacob's, Israel's nemesis. And if I may, you know, you were talking or you said something along the lines of, are we going to follow the pilgrim path or are we going to follow the Jamestown path? Right. Interestingly enough, Jacob and Esau, it's, it's kind of a, uh, an example of what you're talking about. These two that were in the same womb contending with one another, who's going to rise to the top and who's going to lord over the other. And so that war between Jacob and Esau, I see that going on in America right now. And it is uh, it is a war. You know, it's amazing. Uh, his grandfather was Abraham. It's always three generations to lose things. But Abraham is your grandfather. My grandfather was World War II. 
He knew what freedom meant. He knew the cost of it. And so many people my age and, and younger are like, yeah, I don't really care. My, right. my grandfather would have just, I mean, you know, he would have just slap people across the face. What are you talking about? Be grateful for what you have. We fought hard for this. And now we just don't care. We just don't care. Well, you know, that's basically Esau's approach to it. When yeah. you know, he goes in and Jacob is making some food there and Esau says, I'm really hungry. And Jacob says, well, sell me your birthright. You know, what's, what's Esau's response? What good is this thing to me? It doesn't mean anything to me. I would rather satisfy a physical appetite and give away what's sacred for what's common. And, and, and so here we are again, back at that idea that when you have someone, biblically speaking, who has no regard for what is sacred, he actually, this Esau becomes God's enemy, not just Jacob's enemy. He becomes God's enemy because he had no regard for these things that were sacred and holy. He would prefer the material wealth, you know, the stuff. We want the stuff, but we don't want the responsibility that goes along with yep. the blessing. It's amazing, Bill. It's amazing. Um, Bill Cloud, thank you for being on. I'd love to have you on again uh, sometime in the next month or so as we do this 40 days and 40 nights. Thank you so much. That's uh, Bill, uh, Bill Cloud, uh, Shorsham uh, Ministries founder, also Jacob Tent, uh, Jacob's Tent a fellowship founder. Uh, you can find him at BillCloud.org. Um, it, it's a lot to take in for, for one day and one show. We're trying to explain the covenant, which we believe, I believe, needs to be renewed by us. Um, you know, I've always felt this this audience is going to be the one that saves the nation. I, I, I don't know how that is going to happen, but Maybe this plays a role. I don't know. Find out all about it. Glenbeck.com. Glenbeck program.